welcome back. Uh, podcast number 31. And we are going to um, go back on this one. We're going to go back to kind of our old format, our old format being uh, kind of a question and answer. Um, it's it's kind of a it's a it's a combination I would say of a few questions or messages um, that I've gotten uh, via Facebook and it also just timing wise taps in well with what we're currently going through right now uh, we've got if you're following along with some of our stuff we've got some puppies in uh, we have a Malinois Shepherd mix arrow um, real interesting little project with her over the last month. Um, she's about to go home. She's going to go home in a couple days. Um, I, I, I fully intend on continuing that training journey with her owners, um, but we'll be doing it a little bit differently. I won't be necessarily hands-on. I'll be kind of uh, remote tutoring. But um, one of the things that her biggest struggle was when she came in was the kennel, uh, the crate. Um, so that is fresh in my life. Uh, we also are about six days into having a little puppy uh, named Bella, new little black female named Bella. Um, she is 100% going to have to be adjusted to the crate and kennel, and there is a dramatic difference with her coming in at 14 weeks or 15 weeks that she is right now, or now she's probably about 15 weeks, but um, she has been in the kennel since she was a little puppy. She was raised at a kennel the last six weeks. Um, a place called Blue Cypress Kennels. They're down in Florida. Um, they had her. The trainer there was raising her. Um, and so she's been ad adjusted and, and become accustomed to a kennel or crate. And there is a black and white difference um, with those two puppies at this age. And I don't believe for one second that it's breed connected. Um, I know some people are going to say, oh, it's a Malinois. It's a different style than what you're used to in labs. Trust me. I know that if that lab had not been in the kennel for the last six weeks regularly, she'd be just the same or worse. Um, and the reason I know it is because when I, I get lots of labs, I've trained a lot of labs, I've trained a lot of goldens, I've trained uh, several different types of breeds, spaniels, I've now a Malinois shepherd mix that we've had here for a month. I've worked with several shepherds over the years, pointing dogs, not so much on pointing, but more on... Um, foundational work, obedient stuff. So enough dogs have been on the other end of the lead for me that I can tell you with confidence, throw the breed out the window. I don't care what kind of dog it is. I am a believer 100% in the idea that it is how you bring them up. It is they, their habits. Uh, now, do they have tendencies? Absolutely. Do they have inherent traits or tendencies? Yes. Can we, do we influence it greatly as the trainer completely? I just, I really believe that. And, and I, I just, I've seen it so often. And when it comes to this dog, so, so the little Malinois mix, uh, Malinois shepherd um, goes into that kennel now voluntarily. It's only been four weeks. And she's, we've, this is our third podcast in a row that we're recording this morning, and she hasn't made a peep the whole time. This, that's unheard of three weeks ago. But the last three weeks is a relatively, well, almost four weeks, is a relatively short period of her life, but it's nearly 20% of her life. And when you think about 20% of your life, that's a pretty good chunk. If you're, you know, 20% of a, your life, if you're 
50 years old is what, 10 years? 10 years is a, out of 50 is a pretty, not, pretty good chunk, pretty influential amount of time. So just putting it into perspective of the, the amount of time four weeks to a 20-week-old puppy is, is, is a lot. And we reversed a habit that was put into her probably from about eight weeks to about 14 or 15 weeks when she came here. So in that window of time, we've started to reverse it, uh, the habit of barking and crying and fussing and freaking out in the kennel. Now, will she still do it? Yes. Did she do it this morning? Yes. Is she settled in now? Yes. Did I help it out by putting a cover over it? Yes, greatly. Um, so different things and techniques and tactics uh, have helped us out with it. Now, my, going back to the Facebook stuff, I had a, I had a guy make a comment. Um, there was a, He had a question. Uh, he's got a four-month-old lab puppy, overly excited when people come over. Um, I, I, do you remember, did we do this question as a podcast before? Yeah, I, I think we did. I don't know. Maybe not, because it was Tuesday. The messages came Tuesday, so we couldn't have. No, no so I'm going to read this guy's question. So I, he says, I'm having issues with a four-month-old lab puppy getting overly excited when people come over. I tell my guests not to pet him while he's jumping up and down, and I don't allow him to greet them by doing that either, but he doesn't seem to grasp the idea. He will finally sit after being told multiple times, but as soon as the guests go to pet him, he starts getting wound up again and licking like crazy and starts to hop up and not quite jump. I want to use his kennel as a place for him to go when he, when we have guests over and make that his place, but I have heard you say not to use the kennel as punishment. Should I send him to the kennel when he's not acting appropriately or is it using the kennel for punishment? And I said, boy, that's a great question. And so then, I, so I answered him, but then at the end he said, okay, love the podcast and I know you're worried about Arrow being annoying that few episodes back when she was in the kennel, but I think it was perfect to let the audience hear that level that that puppy can get before calming down. So I never thought twice about it that way. I thought I risked the idea of the quality of the audio being bad and like it being annoying with this barking that's going on in the back and it drives me nuts too and it's hard for me to focus and all this stuff he appreciated that so i'm glad first off thank you for the message um his name was joe the other thing is is yeah he's probably right like you hear me talk about this dog barking all the time well you don't hear it trust me i do so we should show that at times um if you want to watch cody go back which is a live a series that we're doing um, if you, we started this new puppy series uh, that we just started filming. We haven't posted any of them yet. But those, you'll, you'll hear Arrow in the background. So you're going to know I'm not bullshitting you. Like, it, it happens here. They, they bark and cry and fuss. But, man, she's gotten so much better. And one of my techniques has been by covering her. One of my techniques has been not giving her attention and letting her bark it out. Let her fuss it out. Let her whine it out and realize it doesn't get her what she wants. And when she does settle down, she'll fall asleep and then I can wake her up and let her out and go, that's what you get when you're a good girl. You get to come out and do what you want. Uh, not what you want, but what you wanted to do. Now, anyway, getting back to this guy's question. So I messaged the guy back and I said, man, first off, it's a really good question. And I think that what's interesting is... As I reread it, because what he said he was doing sounded right to me, okay? Um, but when I reread it, I, the thing that stood out was, I'm having issues with my four-month-old lab puppy. 
And that stood out to me because I went, no, no kidding. Dog's four months old. Like the four months old is very young. And so I would not expect a four-month-old dog. I think So now as it goes back to realistic expectations, I would not expect a four-month-old puppy to be able to, uh, to handle the situation of strangers coming over to your house and not expecting her to get excited, not expecting it to jump up and down. Now, jumping up and down is something that we're going to practice on from when they're very little. And my question would be, four months old is 16 weeks. You got the dog at eight weeks. What happened the last eight weeks? If little puppies, when they're eight weeks old, when they jump up on people, it's very rare that anyone corrects it. Uh, sometimes it's encouraged. Come here, little puppy. And you, you encourage them to climb up on you. That, fast forward eight weeks, all of a sudden the dog is a very different dog. The habit that was approved of and maybe encouraged back eight weeks ago is now something you don't desire. It's a big, big red flag to people that I'm saying, when you get those puppies, remember what you're going to be doing. Remember what you're putting them in today sticks. So don't put something in today you're not going to like tomorrow. And stretch that distance out because dogs change a lot real quickly. So that's one question. I discourage the idea of pups jumping up from day one, seven, eight weeks old. When they come home, they pop up, they jump up on me, they get rolled over. And I don't, I'm not forceful with them, I'm not going to hurt them, but they're going to go, I don't like that. What gets that is jumping up. And the other thing is, is just body language wise, plain and simple, putting your paws up on top of someone else is a dominating thing. You, the, the old saying, got a, got a leg up on them. You know, uh, the idea of you're, you, when you watch two guys walk up to each other and one guy puts his hand up on the other guy's shoulder and then the other guy takes his hand and puts it up on top of his shoulder. Those are two people saying, you're not going to one-up me. You're not going to have, you're not going to be one-up on me. I'm going to be continue to be up on you. That's body language. That's dominance thing. That's a macho thing. That's, you know, you're not going to, adults go up to little kids and put their hands on their shoulders and pat them. Adults to adults challenge each other that way. So the puppy coming up and putting its paws on you is body language, saying, eh, I think I'll be your boss today. How do, you, how do you like that? And if you go, oh, you're so cute, well, then they're going to go, all right, I'll be your boss. If you say, ah, 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 no, they're going to go, oop, don't do that. I, he will be the one who puts the hand up on me. So that is something that, you know, backing up, where did you get to this point? when you're at four months old. Now, the other part is, you know, when the people come over, he's saying, you know, they get, he, the dog gets so excited, loses control. I would expect that. So at four months, and now it's very logical what he's saying, because he's saying, you said, don't use the kennel as punishment. And I don't. I don't have a dog make a mistake and I shun them and put them in the kennel because that becomes a bad spot. That's where I go when things aren't good. I want the kennel to be safe. I want the kennel to be favorable. I want the kennel to be something they feel really, really comfortable in. I want it to be their little den. So what I would do in this situation is, and I love what he's saying, is prior to the people coming over, kennel the puppy up. Don't necessarily, but that's not where it starts. You start with kenneling the puppy up early on so that this place becomes, they get over this hump in their mind. They get over this part where they think it's 
awful, and they realize it's not so bad. That's what we had to do with Arrow. Arrow has realized the kennel is not so bad. It was a terrible place. She wouldn't even come close to it when I first got her here. She would brace and pull and fuss, and you had to arm, you had to wrestle her to get her into it. Now, we used food to motivate her to go in there. She's a little food driven. So we used food to motivate her in there. We turned it into a game where she, the quicker she could get in there and turn around and sit, the quicker I gave her a little piece of kibble. I phased the kibble out pretty quickly. Uh, I'm not a treat trainer. I think treat training is a little bit of bribery. I don't wanna have to give her food every time to get her in the kennel. I will do it to start out the habit, then do it enough that the habit becomes consistent the consistency is there and the habit becomes a true habit and then I replace it with praise because that dog wants to make me happy she's doing stuff for me and I, and that's that's just white hardwired into dogs so that's the process that one of the processes that we used I started feeding them in the kennel I started feeding her in her kennel now she loves going in there because my god that's she he might he may even put a bowl of food in here and let me eat it in here I don't even close the door and she stays in it so uh there's been several times on Instagram where I've showed like one of my problems with her is she creeps off of her bed place training is just like a kennel only a little more freedom and she'll get off the crate or the bed which I don't like uh, but Next thing I know, she goes in the kennel, and she's going in there on her own. So it's not the worst, um, but it, it's a different problem coming off a place. So anyway, so this this guy is concerned with that. I don't think that's punishment. I think that's setting them up for success. You know people are coming over, and the dog's going to lose its mind. So before the people come over, put the dog in the kennel. And when you put the dog in the kennel, the dog succeeds. Um, I just think that that scenario makes a ton of sense. Um, I also think that your people that you have visiting are doing exactly the right thing. Don't praise the puppy till the puppy earns the praise. But when they do, give them the reward. The reward could be simply looking at that puppy and saying good. When dogs get easily over overexcited, you have to measure and gauge your amount of praise. When dogs are a little flat, when they're a little bit uh, sluggish when they're you know they're, they're kind of going through the motions I may have to pick them up that's just a personality thing I think a lot of people are worried that they're not going to have enough go and drive in their dogs trust me today's dog today's day and age they have more drive than you will ever ever this is as a rule I mean this is in general they have more drive than you will ever need uh, most of the time I think dogs have too much uh, too much for us to harness. So like what we do is, what some people do is they like this high drive stuff. Well, it's for different purposes. It's for different reasons. It's not for you to have a house dog. It's not for you to have a simple gun dog or a, a shooting dog. But that's not how a lot of dogs are built these days. Um, that's a different topic. That's a genetics thing. But what happens is when these dogs have that much drive because they have to to succeed in whatever games it is that they're they're their breeders and the, the folks that are driving the, the style of dog want, uh, when that happens, for the average person, and even for them, there's so much there that they have this, this little ticking time bomb, and you just compress it, and you compress it and compress it to get what you want. That takes pressure. Uh, compress, literally, pressure. And I don't like that approach. I don't like 
Uh, I like dogs to do things very naturally. I like things to come very smoothly. I like dogs to be very cooperative, not to do things out of my forcing, not to do things that are not necessarily natural or instinctual or in there from a, from a uh, disposition or style standpoint. So I think with this dog, if the dog is very excitable, which a lot of people, I, I can't tell you how many, how many people have said my dog gets too excited, so excited it loses its mind. I've, I've run out of keeping tabs on that dog. I can count on one hand. I mean, I have had a few people say it, but I can count on one hand how many people have said, my dog is just too calm. My dog is just too patient. My dog is just too steady. Like, they don't, you don't hear that. Uh, I think when you find dogs like that, boy, that's, I'm, I might be interested in taking a look at that dog. But it, it's just, you don't hear it very often. Usually it's there's too much. So what I think you have to do is you have to gauge and understand that and be be real delicate as the trainer and handler as to how much you give them from a praise standpoint to keep them from boiling over. So this dog, if if you if your guests pet the dog and the dog uh, it says gets him wound up again and licking like crazy and starting to hop, not quite jumping. Well, that's good. Uh, he jumped at the beginning kind of settles in and then he's got if he's hesitating to jump up he's doing it because he realizes that's not what he's supposed to do but it's just not strong enough necessarily to to resist or overcome the temptation so you're getting there it sounds like so it goes back to like i i think the guy's doing everything right um i just think that you have to be okay with the idea that it's puppy's four months old and setting them up for the success is going to be the way you do that um, I do think that you've got to practice this. I think it's a great, I would, I would, instead of having a bunch of people come over, I would say, will you help me with the training? I want one person to come over and you just come in and act like you're visiting and one person, we can work through this distraction, knowing that you're part of the training, your helper, whoever it is. That's how I would set it up. And I just incrementally baby step role play this situation that's training and you can do that with different people in your family um, but get through one person instead of four and then when you get through one and it goes really well have them bring another person maybe bring a kid in kids usually get kids get little puppies wound up i think it's because they're not as intimidating their size is a little bit smaller it's interesting for them to test and see if they can get away with something that this little kid uh, doesn't necessarily look like compared to the big person. So I would, I would slowly add um, some of these distractions in. Now, so that's, that's, that's his question. Um, I've got another one he, here that I wanted to talk about. Uh, let me see. This one. Okay, so this is another kennel question. So this one comes from Colton. Um, my dog is now a little over a year old. She's really tough. She has a really tough time settling in down, settling in when alone. Now this one's a little bit older, a year old. We did, however, fail to crate train her when she was little, which is creating an issue for him. Now that's me saying that. That's not rereading his thing. So I'll read his thing. We did, however, fail to crate train her when she was little. She does very fairly good when leaving her in the house when we are gone, as long as we pick everything up that she can get. Even if she gets something she wouldn't. Even if she gets something she wouldn't 
she wouldn't she chew, doesn't chew it up uh, I think it's I think he's saying even if she gets something she shouldn't she shouldn't she doesn't chew it okay thanks for reading that to me <laughs> uh, we have been taking her to my parents house during the days so that she's monitored and has the ability to be inside and outside since my mom is always home we are all we are trying to get it her to settle into a pen at the house so she can be left there instead of instead due to much more convenience i took her only 30 minutes it took her only 30 minutes to claw her way out of the pen and get out do you suggest starting in a smaller smaller using the crate or maybe a cable what's the first step now i didn't even answer this guy question back yet it just came yesterday um so here he is He's up against a bit of a hurdle. He's starting a year into it. Um, I, I don't settle with the idea of she's fairly good when leaving her in the house as long as we pick everything up because that dog's going to find something, and it's not her fault. She's going to get it. It's like putting a kid into a, a toy store and saying, don't play with anything. Like, it's not going to happen. So if she's not chewing it up yet, she's going to. It's going to happen. And so... To me, I don't want to have the fear for the rest of my life thinking, my God, you know, is the dog, am I going to come home to the house being trashed? Now, our dogs are older, and I let them out. I don't, I don't, kennel, the, I don't kennel our older dogs. I put them in place. Um, and my wife has a little hidden camera. She can kind of see what's going on in the house. They don't leave their place. They lay in their place. I did not start doing that until they earned it. They didn't earn it until they were a year, year and a half, two years old. So I'm a little bit on the other end of the spectrum. My dog, a little over a year, maybe is starting to think about being able to be left home alone without being kenneled. You've got one a little over a year right now that has not been put in a kennel. You've got a bigger, you've got a bigger risk than I do because your dog maybe doesn't chew stuff up, but maybe does. Your dog put in a kennel right now, claws and climbs her way out within 30 minutes. So... Yeah, you got a dog. That's how dogs. That's how you put dogs into these positions, um, because now you've got something that's totally going to be unfamiliar to her and uncomfortable. I don't think I would approach it any differently than I would with the eight-week-old puppy. I do think you're going to have to have a level of patience and understanding that this isn't going to be very comfortable. This isn't going to be a real warm and fuzzy project. Um, I would get a crate that I know she can't get out of. I would make sure she doesn't have to go to the bathroom because we, you know, we, we got to have all that stuff out of the way and we got to keep that in mind. Um, but by this time, I hope she's not having accidents in your house. So it sounds, I'm guessing she's housebroken if you're leaving her there. So got to, got to implement the same idea, but I would be putting her in the kennel crate, making sure she can't get out. I've seen dogs get out of lots of different crates most expensive crate on the market right now that I know of, my dogs have gotten out of. Um, I, I, it was a design issue. Um, but I've also seen, I have a friend who has a, a big struggle with a dog, has gets some anxiety in the kennel. Uh, we're still trying to figure out that one. But that, again, the most expensive crate on the market, and that dog tore it apart um, and got, you know, kind of hurt itself doing it. So I think you got to be concerned with that. And so, what I would do is I would put the dog into a solid kennel. Um, I would cover it. 
I would put a blanket over it. I would make sure that the dog can't get the blanket. That's the other thing. They'll get a hold of it, they'll pull it in, and they'll chew it up and eat it. I don't put blankets in the kennel with them. Um, young dogs, because they'll chew them up and eat them, and then they, they have to have surgeries. I've seen that happen. Now, my older dogs don't do that, but when they're little puppies, when my little, little puppies, I, I occasionally will, before they start kind of this chewing habit, I'll, I'll maybe have them have something soft because it's a nice comfort buffer for them to go into that crate. But I take it away as soon as I have any signs of chewing or biting or, or tearing stuff up, take it out. Um, I cover the kennel and make sure that the dog can't get at the fabric to pull it in. And then I buckle up and I wait, wait man, because it's going to be a rough ride. Uh, dog is going to fight it. And, and bark and fuss and, and but <clears throat> what I have found is some dogs are extremely persistent others cave pretty quickly um, th- what you need to do is you need to tolerate it and not be pissed off not be hollering at the dog not telling the dog to shut up it's just attention that the dog is trying to get and then he's getting it whether it's negative or positive he's getting it it's just gonna f- put it's like putting out a fire with gasoline it won't work so what I would do is you got to ride that storm out and you got to be there and you got to just bite your lip and let it let the dog fuss and whine it's just like tying a dog out they bark and they whine and they fuss and they pull and it's hard to watch and oh my god the neighbors let the neighbors know you're going to do it cuz they'll think you're torturing the poor dog and as soon as the dog caves and gives in i let it settle and then i ensure that it's settled and then i go and i let the dog out and i go you know what it wasn't that bad and then i put you know reset it and you put the dog back in, maybe not immediately, but eventually, and you go through the process again. And then when you go through that process a few times, the dog starts to understand the sooner they settle in, the sooner they're gonna get out. And depending on your dog's personality, um, I, I think it can happen quickly. Arrow is, you know, you've got a year's worth of habits to overcome. It could take a lot longer. Arrow had, um, you know, she was in about 14 or 15 weeks old. She's about 19 or 20 weeks old right now. We've had her four weeks. In four weeks, she's come a long way. She's not out of it 100%, um, but she's come so far. And so it's 20% of her life, basically, a four-week window at this point. So 25, 25%, yeah, 20%. So... You know, you look at 20% of a year-old dog's life. Uh, I don't know what the math is on that, but uh, tw- 12. Tw- 20% of 12. 20% of 12 is what? No. No, it's not. Three. Two three would be a quarter. Two so two, two and a half months, something like that. So you might have to, it might take you two and a half months of dealing with this. But in the big picture, what's two and a half months? If you can get the dog in a kennel and be safe and be comfortable and not have your house chewed up and be able to take your dog and travel with them and do all that stuff. So I do think you got to dig in. Um, I'm probably going to send you a message, Colton, with a little bit of a, of a Cliff Notes version of that. But um, you ask at the end, do I start with a smaller crate, maybe a cable? What's the first step? I wouldn't cable them. I'd maybe tie the dog out. That's another process that they you know that's more to give the pressure to the neck and settle in yeah sure i'd try that that would help you with your heel work um smaller crate crate doesn't need any need to be any bigger than the dog stand up turn around in it um don't need big giant crates 
don't need big outdoor pens. My dogs don't stay in outdoor pens. My dogs are house dogs. Um, so, but they do go in crates. And so I have crates that are, you know, size, typically they're like a medium to a large size, depending on what brand it is and stuff and intermediate type st- style, not, not a, not a giant one, not a real small one. I have a lot of small ones because as puppies get bigger, I move them up crate size. When they're real little, I got them in these little travel crates. And then I slowly, as they get bigger, I put them in a little bigger crate because I do think that they don't need a lot of space, but I need it to be tight enough that they don't go to the bathroom on one end and sleep on the other. Uh, I need them to be able to be comfortable enough to stand up and turn around though. So that would be what I would recommend. Um, Great question. Keep me posted on it. Uh, I think, you know, that's, so indirectly that this, this one, we talk a lot about crate training, um, settling into the kennel probably is, is part of it. Um, but, and, and then the beginning was, you know, how do you get these young puppies just to settle in in general, um, and, and using the crate to do that successfully. So great questions as always. I think there's a lot of value when people send questions in on Facebook and Instagram, and, uh, we're going to continue to answer those, uh, as well as continue to update on some of our new projects and, That's it for this one. Uh, Thank you so much. Please do us a favor. Subscribe. uh, Leave us a review if you would. Share it with a friend if you would. um, And and keep keep letting us know your thoughts. Uh, If we can help in any way, we will. Uh, Thank you again so much for your support. And on we go with this Dog Bone Podcast Road. Mm -hmm.